Hey everybody, this is Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. Today is March 11th, and today we're going to take a look at Jacob 3. So as we begin, I want you to consider, have you ever had to suffer the consequences of someone else's wrongdoings? Have you ever had to suffer the pain or the hurt because someone else made a bad choice? Some examples of that would be if you've been in a car accident being hit by a drunk driver or um, suffering the sadness from the actions of a wayward child or spouse or being the subject of a false rumor. There are tons of different ways that we can suffer the consequences from someone else's actions when we have done nothing wrong, but we end up suffering because of it. So the question is, when we find ourselves in those situations, how can we find peace? How can we find peace amid the difficulties that have come to us through no fault of our own, through no choice of our own? In Jacob 2, Jacob is speaking strongly, and he calls out the men who are sinning, and he's super sad for the women and the children who are suffering because of the men's awful choices. Jacob has so much love for the women and children that it breaks his heart to have to call out the men in front of them. In fact, in verse 9, he um, is saying how sad he is to have to say these things because he says he is enlarging the wounds of those who are already wounded instead of consoling and healing their wounds. So again, here we see Jacob's tender heart. How sad he is to have to be speaking out about these things and how aware he is of the pain of the women and children in the group. He says that he would rather be consoling and healing their hearts, but instead he has to enlarge that wound so that he can call out the men here. But here in chapter three, he is going to console and comfort. And his words can speak peace to us when we're struggling because of the actions of someone else. So let's jump right in and take a look at the comforting words of Jacob and the things that we can do when we are suffering through no fault of our own. So Jacob 1 says this, But behold, I, Jacob, would speak unto you that are pure in heart. Look unto God with firmness of mind, and pray unto him with exceeding faith, and he will console you in your afflictions, and he will plead your cause, and send down justice upon those who seek your destruction. I love that phrase, look unto God with firmness of mind. When I think of firmness in mind, I think of commitment and consistency and faith. That's the kind of thing that we promise in our baptismal covenants, to always remember. And so I think when it says, look unto God with firmness of mind, it's talking about our resolve to always remember our Father in Heaven, to always remember our Savior. And then on top of that, on top of looking unto Him with firmness of mind, Jacob also tells his people to pray unto Him with exceeding faith. In the Bible Dictionary, it says that the purpose of prayer is not to change the will of God, but that the purpose of prayer is to bring our will in line with God's will. And so when we pray with exceeding faith, it's the kind of faith that says, 
it's okay if this doesn't turn out exactly the way I want it to turn out, as long as it turns out exactly the way that you would have it turn out. In my mind, that's what a prayer of exceeding faith is. It's putting that faith and trust in the Lord that His will is greater than our will and accepting His will in our life. So those are the first things that Jacob says to the women and children. He calls them pure in heart, and then he asks them to look unto God with firmness of mind and to pray unto Him with exceeding faith. And then listen to this awesome promise. And he will console you in your afflictions, and he will plead your cause. I love that promise that he will console you in your afflictions. That's one of the titles of the Holy Ghost is the Comforter. So as we look unto God with firmness of mind, and as we pray unto him with exceeding faith, we have the promise that the Holy Ghost will come and will be our Comforter that we can be consoled, that we can be comforted in that time of difficulty. And then not only that, but that he will plead your cause. He will be with you on your side as you do those things. I think that's such an incredible promise for those who are suffering, especially for those who are suffering through no fault of their own. So then Jacob goes on into verse 2, and in verse 2 he says this, O all ye that are pure in heart, Lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God, and feast upon his love, for ye may, if your minds are firm, forever. So again, he calls them pure in heart, and then he asks them to lift up their heads, which to me, he's telling them to be of good cheer, to be glad, to find joy. And then I love this phrase, it says, and receive the pleasing word of God. Now, I know that he probably just meant, you know, receive the scriptures, the words of the prophets, receive the truth of God. But one of Christ's titles is the word. And so when it says, receive the pleasing word of God, I love that imagery of actually receiving the Savior, to lift up your head and receive the Savior. And then this very next phrase, and feast upon his love. Don't just dabble with it. Don't just nibble on it, but feast upon it. I think that is such an incredibly, incredibly powerful phrase. Bruce R. McConkie said this. He said, to feast upon the love of God is to partake freely of the power of the Savior's atonement and the blessings of his gospel. It is to sing the song of redeeming love, to glory in the salvation which is his So feasting upon his love is to partake of the powers of the Savior's atonement. I feel like oftentimes we get so busy thanking God for the power of the atonement to save us from sin that we forget about all the other aspects of the atonement. We forget that it has the power to heal us of our pains and our sorrows and all the injustices. We can lean on the Savior's atonement when we feel ripped off, (laughs) when we feel like an injustice has taken place in our lives, when we feel like we are suffering for no fault of our own, when we feel that pain and we feel that sorrow, when we feel that desperation. The Savior's atonement covers all of that. 
I remember when I was a little kid, I, I must have been a weird little kid because I thought about things like this all the time, but I remember laying in bed one night thinking that it made sense to me that the Savior suffered my sins because I needed forgiveness from my sins, but I didn't understand why he had to take my pains, my sicknesses, my sorrows, my afflictions, my temptations, all the different things that he suffered. I didn't understand why. But this is the reason, so that we can turn to him when we feel sad. We can turn to him when we feel sorrow. We can turn to him when we feel injustice. And he will know how to heal our hearts. That is one of the most majestic parts of the atonement of Jesus Christ. That he doesn't just rescue us from sin, but he rescues us from the pains and the sorrows and the afflictions and the temptations. He heals us. He makes us whole. And so when we go through those times where we feel the pain of someone else's choice, remember the words of Jacob to look unto God with firmness of mind, to pray unto him with exceeding faith, to lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God, and to feast on his love. Because that is the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ that despite it all, we can feel his love forever. And despite what's going on in our lives, despite the actions of other people and the effect that it might have on us, our relationship with the Savior and with his atonement can be that consistent power to console and to envelop us in his love. Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe, to like, to leave a review, and most importantly, to share it with other people. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.